It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood, in the Memphis neighborhood, with my friend Carolyn Bibbs. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler, and I'm looking forward to the next half hour with you, Dr. Carolyn Bibbs of Creative Life Incorporated. And I'm looking forward to a wonderful time with you in the neighborhood. Yeah, I tell you what, we tried this back in August. You came in the studio, and I sense God's presence meeting with us as we shared mm-hmm. and talked about the big things that he's been up to at Creative Life. And in your life, you left happy. I left happy because I thought we had a great time. And when I went back to edit the audio, the quality was bad. I couldn't air it. I couldn't bring it to our friends. Mm. And I felt so bad. But in all things, we must trust Christ, right? Amen. That's right. There's that verse in James that says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you fall into divers Divers. temptations, various trials. Carolyn, I heard some preacher say many years ago gave an illustration and said it's like a prism when a light hits it all kinds of rays will come out of that mm-hmm. he said the various or the divers temptations the various trials come in many shapes sometimes you go to tie your shoestring and it breaks mm-hmm. that's a trial now yeah. some trials are more intense right oh, yeah oh yeah and those kind of trials we don't like too much Yeah. But it's those small things that really challenges our patience. Mm -hmm. That's right. And those tribulations work patience. (laughs) They work patience. (laughs) They work. That's what the Word of God says. I know. I've got to believe that because it says that. And And it does. And then sometimes I wonder, but Byron, your patience level is just off the chart in the wrong way, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So the Lord says, I'll send more trials. Is that what it is? Yeah. And you'll get the picture. Okay. I knew there was something that wasn't, I'm not not getting something right. Mm -hmm. I opened up God's Word this morning, and I found this Bible. I went to a little thrift store, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff you can find, nickel and dime, maybe five or $10. But I found this hardback copy of the New American Standard Version of the Bible for $5. This morning, as I was beginning my day, I opened up to Psalm 109, verse 30. With my mouth, I will give thanks abundantly to the Lord, and in the midst of many, I will praise him. Mm -hmm. I had to stop and think, Carolyn, how much thanks am I giving abundantly from my mouth? Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's more complaining than Mm -hmm. there is giving thanks. Yeah. We learn in life, he's so worthy of our praises. He is. Let's give some abundant praise and thanks to him right now. What do you want to declare right now? I want to declare righteousness among this young generation. That is God's concern and mine, too, that their eyes will come open, that they won't be consumed by the culture of this world, but they will know Christ and love him and serve him. I thank God that that's happening at our center. I believe God. Creative Life Incorporated. How many years now? Oh, this is 43, I believe. When I tell how old creative life is, I have to compare it with how old I am. And you're 44, so how can that be? Oh, (laughs) okay. I was just born when it started. (laughs) All liars, right? (laughs) But thanking him abundantly out of our mouth. Mm -hmm. And as we move into this time of Thanksgiving, we celebrate that as an American holiday. Many countries, my daughter-in-law being from Central America, they don't have a national holiday of Thanksgiving. Despite that, we are Christ followers. We are in Christ. We have much to be thankful for. Amen. And the thanks is not just being thankful, but it's directing that thanks 
to our wonderful God. Amen. Acknowledging that it's in him that we live and move and have our being. It's, it's not of us. It's of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take me back to when you first heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where were you and what was the environment when you first heard the word? Well, I heard the word all my life, but I realized Jesus at eight years old. And at my church, they said, you need it to wait. You don't come down until you're a certain age. But I wanted Jesus. And so I went home crying that they would let my brother receive Christ, but not me. (laughs) And that night, my mother led me to know a personal Savior in Jesus Christ. Well, we haven't really talked much about your mom. I know that you came to Memphis originally from Kansas City to take care of your ailing grandmother, and that was really what God did to direct you here that began the the whole work of Creative Life, Inc. Mm -hmm. But your mom, I don't think we've talked much about your mom. Tell me something about your mom. Well, my mom was barren. She would not have children, so say her doctor. But she went to church, and when she went to church, the man of God said, you will have children. It might be in the space of 15, 16 years, but you will have a child. And anyway, 16 years later, my mother, had her heart had kind of drifted away from the Lord, and she and my father just kind of threw it out of the notion that they would have children. So my mom got the flu, she thought, and went to the doctor. And the doctor said, that's not the flu, you're pregnant. She gave birth to my brother, and two years later, I'm making the story short. She no, no, gave no, no, birth listen, I want to hear me. the story. And she decided at the sign of being pregnant that she would renew her relationship with the Lord and she would raise her child to fear the Lord because she thought, this is it. Then I came along two years later, and that was my mother's goal in life, that we would know the Lord and serve him. And I have come (laughs) down through the years. At first, I just didn't want any part of it, but I now serve my mother's God, and I serve him the way that she did. She was a praying woman. She was a woman of confidence. A lot of people went to her for prayer and things that they couldn't tell. She would never say anything about it. Was your mom educated? She did graduate from high school. She was a cosmetologist. She got her license to do hair. That's what she did. And I I say that because you are an academic scholar. I mean, you're the, the pursuit of education, challenging the future generation to be educated. Mm-hmm. knowing that that is a tool and, and a key for a different environment, a different future, a different direction. Mm-hmm. When I was in school, Votech was a big thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. I wish we would have more emphasis on that because so many kids today, they don't track well academically. That's so but true. But they have other giftings that God's given them. Oh, yeah. It needs to be discovered, and it could be a welder. It could be an electrician. Mm-hmm. There's other things that could uh, be developed and discovered yeah. and help encourage through a vocational training. Yeah. And I always say that every child is a learner and we cannot say that a child cannot learn but it, but learn the way to teach that child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In your teaching there at the school Creative Life Incorporated, of course a school that goes from kindergarten through 12th grade, one of the best kept secrets 
in downtown Memphis, besides the arcade, if you want to go get some good uh, sweet potato pancakes. Mm. Have you been there? Never. We have got to go meet there. Okay. And have some breakfast. I'll buy. Okay, and that's what we all need, yeah. both of us. Yeah, right. Sweet we, potato pancakes. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm going to eat just some scrambled eggs and maybe some crispy bacon. Yeah. You know, yeah. that'll be mine. Okay. Because I'm, I'm trying to watch and change some of my eating habits. Yeah. But maybe we'll split a pancake. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Creative Life Incorporated, downtown Memphis. How many students have walked through the doors? You know, that's one thing that I don't know, but it's been thousands. Yes. And some have stayed the duration. Some have come for a couple of years and their parents thought, okay, we're going to do something different. But we count them all, and they've been there, and we've done our job with those children. Yes, you have. And one of the things that's really a a special dynamic of the school is the arts, because you have a passion for the arts. I do. And we've talked about this in the past. What you're passionate about, you have passed down to the students who've taken it. They've done some incredible productions. Yeah, it's an easy way to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and not only, I I think, The older that I became in writing and doing productions, I learned that if it's this simple, it's hard to get it together, but it's a simple story of Christ's love. But then if I can share the gospel that way, there are other ways because these kids have issues. So I start writing stories of life and how to overcome in life and what if Jesus came to our neighborhood Mm. in our generation. And it made a difference in so many lives. When you talk about the obstacles in life, what are some of the obstacles that your students are facing? Well, let's start with gang violence and gangs. A lot of the kids that have come through our program were members of gangs and wanted to get out. I remember when I first started over at Carver High, a young football player came to me and he said, I'll never be able to accept Christ because I'll never get out of this game. And so I was going out of town and I took him to Kansas City with me, got him a hotel room while I was there. And he was only about maybe 17. My aunt cousin, she was my cousin, but she was old enough to be my aunt. So we were trained to call her aunt. When we went by her house, she took him and she talked with him and she led him to the Lord, and she he accepted the Lord. So when he got back, he said, I'm getting out the gang. So he went to the meeting, and he said, you know, if you're in a gang, you have to fight your way out. And sometimes in fighting your way out, that's every gang member can do whatever, and you walk the straight line, and they can beat you up, kick you, punch you, and you're not supposed to fight back because if you do, you'll get killed. And so he went there, and he said he told them, I'm out of the gang, and they all lined up. He said, but not one hit him. It's it's things like that, you know, that gang violence, that uh, fear of gangs, um, teen pregnancy, all the maladies of our our city, our country, our nation, they are magnified in low-income environments. Yes, and and this is not just conducive to skin color. This is an issue of sin because we are in a corrupt world, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. But I like the scripture that says, I believe it reads like this, where sin abounds. Oh, Grace yes. much more abounds. Oh my goodness. And we can hold on to that because God is a God of love. Yes. 
I want to go back to the verse I read a moment ago in Psalm 109, verse 30, when I said, With my mouth I will give thanks abundantly to the Lord, and in the midst of many I will praise him. Verse 31 says, For he stands at the right hand of the needy to save him from those who judge his soul. Yeah, yeah. And see, I think we're living in a place where people are pointing finger and judging people's souls, and they haven't walked in their foot soles to yeah. know where they're coming from. Yeah, and these kids, they need love. I remember one time I was invited to meet with whoever the superintendent was at the Board of Education. So, you know, I'm going back a while and she had closed a program down that we had because she wanted to bring a program there. And so when her program failed, ours was carrying about 75 kids a day, and her program failed. She just thought that she was going to move in and do the same thing we were doing. So she said, how are you doing it? When I went in to visit her, I said, well, one thing you have to understand, the greatest need of mankind is love, and we love our children. We're not just doing something. Carolyn, when you use that word love, that that word gets used a lot today. We're talking about a different kind of love, Mm -hmm. not the ushy-gushy, mushy kind of love, the Mm -hmm. feelings. And and those are nice things to have. But there's a deeper love, the love of the father. And many don't know because they didn't really have a good example of a father in the home. But love carries the needs of people. It is an action word. Love covers a multitude of sin. Love provides food for the hungry and cares for those that don't have clothes. This is demonstrated. Love is a demonstration of who Jesus is. You know, back when I was about 18 years old, maybe 19, I went to Macon, Georgia for about three months. There was a ministry that had a book warehouse I volunteered to work in this book warehouse, and there was about four of us guys that we kind of stayed in this house together, cook food and, you know, wash our clothes and go and work in the book warehouse and take Bibles. And they were putting these skids that were shipped off to different parts of the world. It was a great experience. I remember there was a, a young guy, he actually was a teenager, that had a lot of trouble in his life. He was very mischievous. Mm-hmm and had a bad attitude. So the person over the mission said, we're going to let him come, because he was a friend of the young man's father, we'll let him come live with these guys for a while and see what we could do. I'll just have to confess, I wasn't on board all the way, because Mm -hmm. he would still, he just had a bad attitude. My patient level, I wasn't very patient. Mm -hmm. But there was one guy, an older guy in our group named Bernie, and he got up every morning. He fixed this young guy's breakfast. Mm. He washed his clothes. He made sure that he had what he needed. I was just blown away by grace, patience, and an abundance of love Mm -hmm. because his love had action just like you just described. Right, right. If I could share this testimony, when COVID started, I just kind of wondered, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to adjust to this? The school's closed. And I found myself, rather than getting up and relying on the Lord, I was taking them questions. How am I going to do this? What am I going to do? And then all of a sudden, I thought about a lot of friends of mine are senior citizens also. And so I thought, well, maybe they're going through the same thing, all but depression. And so I snapped out of it by praying, and I began to send love packets to 
friends. I would get puzzles. I would get coloring books. I would get crayon. These were senior citizens, uh, some younger than me and some older. And I mailed probably about 40 or 50 over the period of time where we were bound to home. We were at home. And every time they got a package, someone would call and say, oh, this is so wonderful. Well, it did not only help them, but it helped me, too. Because I began to realize love is action. And I called the packets Love Cares. Love Cares. Love Cares. I I still send them out. Oh, I love that illustration. Mm -hmm. What a demonstration of love. It made me think of a story. I know you probably have heard it before. There was a a diagnosis the man received from his doctor saying, you don't have but a short period of time to live. Mm -hmm. He was reflecting on his life and realized there was been a lot of people that had been there for him. And yet he didn't really show much of appreciation for it was that moment that God spoke to his heart and he started writing thank you notes to individuals. Mm -hmm. And there were quite a few of them thanking them for their investment, Mm -hmm. thanking them for the times that when he was in need, they showed up. In the process of this, his illness went away. Wow. And he was able to walk away and he didn't die from the diagnosis Mm -hmm. the doctor had given him. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's going to happen to everybody who's sick. Mm -hmm. But the point is, when we talk about giving thanks. Obviously, we want to give thanks to our great God for his provision. But there's people in our lives, too, Mm -hmm. that have impacted us, who've made a difference in Mm -hmm. our lives, that we should say thank you. And we don't know, life is so short, and we don't know how much time we have to give that thanks to that person, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Have there been people in your life, as you look back, that have really influenced you along the way? Oh, yes. Many, many, many people uh, that have shared an encouraging word, called. I remember my godmother called me one time from Philadelphia after the death of my mother, and I was just so down, and the phone rang, and she said, Hey, baby, I'm just praying for you. I want everything to be all right. Are you okay? And it really just encourage it made my life you know it kept me going at a time that our enemy did not want me to do what i'm doing now but it encouraged me in my walk with the lord you know we hear talk about christianity is in conflict with the culture jesus said they will hate you Mm -hmm. because they hated him and yet we're still supposed to pour on the love. That's so true. Still supposed to pour on the patience, the grace, the mercy. Yeah. The the love that we have for those that seem unlovable, it covers. When our love covers their faults and mistakes, we're able to minister to them. Yeah. I have a young girl now at the school, and it just seems like she hates me. And I love her, and she rushes by my office. She doesn't want to speak. She doesn't want to be there. But the Lord has put it in my heart to pray for her and love her regardless of the way yes. she responds to me. Yes. I had a, one of the little students at school wrote me a letter about the little girl. She said she didn't used to feel this way about you. She said and she lost her grandmother this summer and things are not right. And uh-huh. it, it encouraged me. Wow. If this 14-year-old, well, 13-year-old can love the 14-year-old who's cutting up, then I can too. So love covers and it enables us to do, to give, to share. When you educate through Creative Life Incorporated, through the classes, when you prepare 
students to a graduation day. What foundationally do you want them more than anything to walk away with, to take with them in their future? You know, I want them to get a good education. We've had them graduate all over the country from colleges and tech schools. But I really want them to take away the God that I serve, bury that God in their hearts and always rely and depend and serve him and love him. If that could happen, I think I've done my job. And students that graduate from Creative Life go on to graduate from universities? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. I have a teacher now that graduated from Creative Life that's teaching at the school. She graduated from Christian Brothers. I have a young lady that works with the school. She's not employed, but she graduated from Christian. We had about, I guess, about a dozen kids that have graduated from Christian Brothers and other colleges, and we never lose our kids. Some kind of way they're going to get in touch with us. A young lady came from Chicago, and she said, do you mind me coming? Is it offensive for me to ask, can I come by your house? I'll be here two days. I said, yes, I want to see you. So we want to build that kind of love and camaraderie, that family environment for our kids while they're there. You know, when you talk about people to give thanks to, the incredible staff Mm-hmm. that supports your mission oh, yes. at Creative Life. I couldn't do it without them. Yes. They're there. They're there to pray. They're there to embrace. They're watching the kids if they need a uniform. I'm saying, Mother, you need to buy a uniform. And one of the staff members will say, do you mind me buying it? May I buy uniforms for I said, sure. You know, so they're understanding that real love just does not come to work. Real love gives. Yes. Now, as we move into the Christmas season, is there any special production that Creative Life is going to bring this time? Not this year. Not this year. We're going to wait. We'll probably do a little something in-house. I was thinking about maybe some skits around Christmas, uh, the theme of Christmas and giving. But we're going to wait before uh, we open up our center again for a you know, stage productions. Hopefully 2022. That's going to be our year. We're going to bring it on, (laughs) like they say, bring it on like a neck bone. Oh, I love it. Hey, thinking back over the years, Carolyn, at Christmas, what's the most special gift you've ever received? Well, other than salvation, I always had my family celebrated Christmas. My mother would cook for three or four days. And what kind of cake do you want? And what kind of cake do you want? My daddy always wanted sweet potato pies, not pancakes, but pies. And it was just always a a great time. And they would save and we would celebrate. And the key would be, this is Christmas, but this is not your birthday, although you're getting gifts. This is Christ's birthday. But it was always wonderful. I can't think of it. I loved all my gifts. I got toys galore and clothes for Christmas. And my birthday's in August, so it was always kind of slim on the birthday part, but they'd make it up at Christmas time. <laughs> Christmas time. Oh, I love it. You just recently celebrated that birthday. Last time we were here, you celebrated. I'm not going to give any numbers out. But... I will. Seven zero. <laughs> 70 years old. It's amazing. What have you learned about your walk with Christ through these years? Yeah, it deepens. It starts off kind of surface, 
but it deepens as you grow older in life. You understand. I do. I understand better. I love the Lord more. I'm more um, compassionate. I'm not rough, rough like I used to be. I, the edges are going away, and I just appreciate everything and life and who God is in our universe and in my life, you know. So that's kind of what growing older has done for me. And I realize every day I'm I'm serving God like my mother served God. Well, I find time in the morning to pray. I, I find time in the afternoon to pray. Like one author said when he was asked, they said, how many hours do you pray a day? He said, well, it's not how many hours I pray today, but I never go an hour without prayer. Ooh. And so I'm learning that. That is a good thing to do. Just spend time worshiping him and spend time praying, listen to good music, but still communicate with God. He loves it so much. You said good music. I can't leave the show today without you sharing a little something from your heart in the way of a hymn. Okay. I'm ready. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, lest we trust and obey. Oh, sweet music to my ears. God bless you, Carolyn. And I was just thinking about Creative Life Incorporated, and you mentioned a teacher there, and many teachers you have that work with you. Is there opportunities at times for a teacher who wants to make an impact on the lives yes. of students? Is there a way they can contact you? Yes, they can call our office at 901-775-0304. Set up a time to come and fill out an application and go through the process. We need tutors, too. Just call. They don't have to talk to me. They can talk to anybody that answers the phone, and they'll direct them. Give us that website. Creative Life Inc. I-N-C dot org. That's what it is. That's the website. We're on Facebook also. We're updating our Facebook page. I'm on Facebook, so you can get in contact with us. Dr. Carolyn Bibbs, my dear friend and sister in Christ, it's always a pleasure to have you come by. I love you, Byron. You're my brother. (laughs) I love you too, Carolyn. (laughs) God bless you. Thank you so much. And thank you. We have eternity to celebrate together. Oh, yes, most definitely. And I'm so glad that I get to spend it with you. I know. And and like-minded friends that are listening to us. Yes, 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 yes. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. 